Thank you for joining us for this episode of the IPI Policy Basics Podcast. Today's topic is, what is a recession and why does it matter? We're coming to you today from the studios of Salem Media Group in Dallas, Texas. I'm Tom Giovanetti, the president of the Institute for Policy Innovation. With our IPI Policy Basics podcast, we are building an audio reference library on basic policy concepts and topics for those who want to learn and understand how to think about policy from a free market, limited government standpoint, or who just need to get up to speed on a particular issue. Today, I'm joined again in the studio by IPI resident scholar, Dr. Merrill Matthews. Dr. Matthews, we're going to talk about recession. Yes. Which is, which is not exactly a fun topic. It's not. But an important topic. It's an important topic because every now and then the country goes through a recession. And the question is always, what causes the recession? How do we know a recession when it has started? How do we know when it's ended? And how do I get out of the stock market beforehand? <laughs> but there are, there, are, there are things that sort of indicate a recession is coming, and it's always difficult to know specifically. And in particular, you oftentimes don't know until after you've been in the recession for a while. And, you know, we used to hear a lot of talk, not so much anymore, but we used to hear about like leading economic indicators mm-hmm. and then trailing economic indicators. And That's it's like, correct. what are some of the first signs that a recession may be coming? Da, 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 da. I think maybe part of why we haven't heard a lot of that kind of talk in the last 10 years or so is that the recessions that we have had in the last 10 years have not been normal sort of what you might think of as business cycle recessions. Right. You know, you, you had the recession from the, from the financial meltdown. Mm-hmm which was a sudden thing. It, it was not a normal business cycle kind of recession. Right. And the recession that that we've just, as we record this podcast, is recession that happened because we shut down the economy to fight COVID. Mm-hmm. You know? So again, that was there were no leading economic indicators of that recession because that recession was caused by a, a virus and more specifically, the government response to it. Right. And in the in the one in the financial recession that went officially from, I think, July 2007 to July 2009, roughly two years, mm. the people felt like they were in a recession for the next two or three or four years. Yeah. It didn't seem to be coming out. And there was criticism of the Obama administration because it was just its policies were not helping things happen much. Yeah. But it seemed like a much longer recession to people who were sort of on the ground than it did of the for the actual recession there's a you know there's a there's a joke that you hear well i guess a nerd joke that you hear (laughs) among policy nerds it's like economists have predicted 12 of the last three recessions Mm -hmm. and things like that you know because this is one thing economists do is there's you know well maybe not so much economists but forecasters right trying to forecast the future and as you pointed out talking about the stock market investors want some guess as to what the economic future looks like so they can get in or get out or or reshuffle their portfolios or whatever. So tell us what is the, how do we officially know a recession? Well, first I want to tell you the um, humorous way that you know. There's a famous quote and it's attributed to both Harry Truman and Ronald Reagan. Mm -hmm. So maybe Reagan was quoting Truman. Uh, But the quote is this, recession is when your neighbor loses his job. Depression is when you lose your job. Um, and we're not really talking about depression today. We're talking about recession. Um, and there's a couple different definitions, really no official definition. Mm-hmm. The sort of common colloquial definition that I think we're all familiar with is that a recession is two or more consecutive calendar quarters of negative GDP growth. 
So in other words, instead of the economy growing at 1.9% or something like that, the economy grows at, or the economy shrinks by, right. you know, point, you know, 0.09% or something like mm-hmm. that. It contracts. Yes. So it's not that the economy is growing and it's not that the economy is frozen and it is, it's actually slightly smaller right. than it was. And so you'd have to have two consecutive quarters. So by that definition, you never know that you're in a recession until after you're already in a recession right? because it's, it's a backward looking indicator. Uh, so that so that definition is two consecutive calendar quarters of negative GDP. And that's just, as you said, that's the colloquial one. That's the one we sort of rule of thumb yeah, exactly. recession. And, and, and that's pretty simple, too. It's, right. it's very it's very black and white. Easy to very understand. Very binary. Exactly. But the interesting thing is that uh, most journalists and most um, economists actually rely on the National Bureau of Economic Research to tell us whether we're in a recession or not. Now, the National Bureau of Economic Research is a private research organization. Mm-hmm. It's not a government. It's not government, although my understanding is they do receive some government grants so. for certain kinds of projects, but they're mostly privately funded. Um, so, so NBER defines a recession as a significant decline in economic activity that is spread across the economy and lasts more than a few months. So mm-hmm. it's a much more amorphous definition. And I think the reason that they do that is to give themselves room to consider a number of different indicators, not just one single indicator. Right. In fact, there's a there's a quote that NBER says, there is no fixed rule about what measures are involved in our process or decisions about calling a recession. So, I mean, they purposely say it's more complicated than that. And that actually makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. uh, because you can have weird situations where you know, the economy is not growing, but yet jobs are still recovering and things like that. So it's it's NBER takes a much more nuanced approach, considering more factors. And so they probably actually end up with a better, actually better evaluation than just relying on nothing other than GDP. But on the other hand, GDP is pretty dang important. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So so if you've had two consecutive quarters, in other words, if you've had half a year of shrinking GDP, you are in the soup. You are. It is. It is a mess, and it ought to have a name, right? And just to point out one of the examples of how difficult it is: the first quarter of this year in 2022, the economy uh, shrunk by about I think it's 1.6 percent, mm-hmm. something like that. But it was it was considered more of a technical shrinking than a real shrinking. And so you, we have a lot of job growth right now. We have some contraction in the job growth. Some. It's just as you're looking at it, you see a lot of economists who say adding this many jobs and this much economic growth. So we can't be in a recession, but we might be if we find out for long that we've had another negative uh, growth, negative month. Now, we try to not make these policy basics podcast time bound in the time we're talking about them. But I think the situation that we're in in July of 2022 is actually a good example of how complicated this is Mm -hmm. because uh, we're having record high inflation. We're having very, not record high, but we're having extremely high inflation, but yet the economy is also creating jobs at a pretty healthy pace. Mm -hmm. So there's, but there's mixed signals. There's mixed economic indicators. Arguably in a lot of ways, the economy is still recovering from COVID. uh, And I think that's what some of the job creation is just sort of like getting back to where where you used to be. But on the other hand, we have very negative signals. And you cited to me a poll where it's like 58% of people polled said, 
we're in a recession right now. Right. And of course, you know, that doesn't fit any of the definitions we talked about. Just, we're just, that's just about how people feel. But people do have a sense that things aren't right in the economy. And so that's why I think, you know, NBER gives themselves room to define it, you know, broadly, because mm-hmm. what you're really trying to say when you talk about recession is you're trying to say things ain't right. Things just, things are not good. The economy is telling us something. It's mm-hmm. telling us that there are problems and but whether those problems are being caused by government policy or whether those problems are being caused by some external force like a virus or a housing crisis or something like that, or even whether the economy is, is purposely under pressure, like shutting down to try to fight a virus. Right. Um, there's another, there's another topic I think we ought to talk about here. And that is that recessions are usually unintentional. And that may seem like, like, duh, obviously, who wants a recession, right? But there are actually some times when government is willing to run the risk of a recession in order to deal with a greater problem. And when you say government right now, you probably mean the Federal Reserve Bank, which yeah. appears to be willing to accept a recession in order to be able to get inflation under control. Right. And so there, there's this sort of running notion that inflations don't just, I mean, uh, recessions don't just happen. Usually it's some kind of government policy at some point that creates the recession. And back to the financial uh, recession back in 2007, 2008, uh, that was in part government policy of trying to promote a housing and the spread of housing ownership among people who didn't necessarily have assets who could pay for it. And things started turning around and you had a, a housing crisis that came about also because of some investments that were going on in what they call derivatives and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it was a financial collapse there. And that was a real struggle for people as the finances went down. Uh, but you could argue that that was a government-caused recession. When the pandemic started and so many state governors said, we're shutting our economy down, you could have made the case under certain proposals, uh, the Bar- was the Great Barrington Declaration, which said, we shouldn't be shutting down the economy. We should, we should take the people who are most vulnerable. That was going to be seniors, people with, most, with corbi- comorbidities and so forth. We need to try to protect them but keep the economy running. Most states did not do that, and they shut the they shut their economies down. That created the recession. That was clearly a government caused yep, recession, yep. and uh, we're now at a situation where we might be seeing record high. We're seeing near record high interest rates. The Fed is clamping down on it. It may overstep and create a recession, and it again it would again be the government causing the recession. Yeah, in fact, I actually think this is really interesting, uh, and partly because I'm not sure I'm not sure actually how you feel about this. And that is on this idea of recessions um, usually being unintentional mm-hmm. and, you know, whether they're caused by government policy or whether they're just like a natural part of the business cycle. A lot of free market economists would deny that there is such a thing as just a you know natural business cycle that it's inevitable that you're going to have recessions every now and again. A lot of free market economists would argue that recessions are almost always caused by policy decisions of one sort or another. And that's sort of where I fall down. I kind of think that that most of the time, if the economy's not growing, it's probably the government's fault. Now, again, whether it was unintentional or intentional. So you could certainly argue that, like in 1980, uh, 
Paul Volcker and the Federal Reserve decided that we are willing to run the risk of a recession in order to get inflation under control. We had a very severe, deep, but short recession as mm-hmm. a result of those actions. And then inflation was was under control for 40 years mm-hmm. until until, you know, very recently. So I don't even know that we would call that an intentional recession, but it was a situation where the government says we have a greater problem or a greater goal and we are willing to run the risk of inflation in order to deal with it. And I think the response to COVID was the same thing. We, we have got to get this under control. It's a pandemic and we are we, we don't want a recession. We're not intentionally putting the economy in recession, but we're willing to run. We're willing to incur the risk of recession in order to deal with this perceived greater problem, which is apparently what the Fed is saying right now, as yeah. they are, they're saying they, they're doing their best to not create a recession right. uh, by clamping down on things. But they're taking money out of the money supply. Mm-hmm. If you take too much, you probably create a recession. Right. And they're doing their uh, but they're trying not to create a recession. On the other hand. Uh, they want to try to get inflation under control because they feel like getting inflation under control is the bigger issue than a recession. Right. A recession, you normally get past fairly quickly, but um, inflation sticks with you for a long time if you don't get it under control. Yes, and so what, what you're dealing with there is this whole soft landing versus hard landing kind mm-hmm. of thing. So in, the ni- in 1980, uh, the, the Fed decided severe and hard – on on the bet that it would be short in duration. And that's exactly what happened. There were times when, when the Paul Volcker Federal Reserve raised interest rates by two full percentage points at a time, mm-hmm. which seems almost unbelievable because in recent decades, it's been a quarter of a point. You know what I mean? Uh, the last The last move by the Federal Reserve, again, here in the summer of 2022, they went up uh, 75 basis points, 0.7, you know, 0.75 percent may that again may do that again do that or again. they may go to one percentage point but the idea of of not doing it like volcker did it the idea of not doing like huge like two percentage points at a time is this pursuit of a, a soft landing or hoping to avoid a recession altogether mm-hmm. and so that's sort of one of the questions now is can is the federal reserve skilled enough uh can you have enough knowledge of the future that you can engineer getting inflation under control without causing a recession. And it just reminds me of a couple of topics of other Policy Basics podcasts we've done, like Hayek's knowledge problem, right? Because when you say the Federal Reserve is going to be able to get inflation under control and also have a soft landing so we don't have a recession, you're assuming an awful lot of knowledge and skill at the Federal Reserve, and I don't think they have demonstrated so far that they have that level of skill or competency. But it does go back to this notion of can can a small group of people efficiently be able to manage the economy, to keep it growing, to keep the money supply right and so forth? And it is a real complicated task. Yeah. And these, and these people are oftentimes swayed by their own ideological thinking janet yellen who was chair of the fed uh, we found out we found out now that she's just she's really a leftist on economic policy yeah, yeah. that i'm not sure we knew completely the extent of that before she stepped down and became treasury secretary and it's also it's something like you don't know you're in a recession until you're already in the recession mm-hmm. it's easy now to look back at fed policy and say uh, you should have started tightening 18 months ago. Right, which is what a lot of people and the yeah. Wall Street Journal claim they should start doing. They should have started pulling this back, but that was going – every time they started to do that or looked at it, the uh, the uh, 
stock market took a hit. Yeah. And I think they just didn't really want to do that. Nobody wants with, the party to come to an end. Yes. You know, <laughs> another thing about recessions, I think we should point out is that uh, the the entire discussion, our entire discussion so far, and 99% of the time when people are talking about recessions, talking about economy wide, mm-hmm. but you can have a recession within a specific industry. Yes. You, you can have a housing recession where the housing industry is just in the pits, whereas the overall economy is still doing relatively well. And the housing market right now is beginning to to pare back a bit right. as these interest rates have been going up. Mm-hmm. We've seen uh, applications for new loans, new building have all um, has has scaled back some, and all of that could end up being the issue that fun, that creates a recession because as you begin paring back one part of the economy. It doesn't have to, but it could. Right. As people get laid off, they're not able to pay things. You find other, uh, they're not able to buy certain things. And then you find some company saying, well, we've got excess inventory because we haven't been selling as much. We're going to uh, pare back and put some people on part-time or lay some people off. Mm-hmm. And that you can get a recession from that, but we don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, but I mean, t- to your point, when I'm, when I'm talking about there just being a recession in a specific industry, but yet the economy as a whole not being in recession. Right. It is certainly true that if a major industry is in recession, that could drag the whole economy could down. Drag the whole thing down. You know, we we have lived through recessions in the energy industry. We've lived through recessions in the tech industry when you had a tech meltdown. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, 99% of the time when we talk about recession, we're talking about economy-wide but there are sometimes industry sector recessions. So let me let me go to the flip side of that coin mm-hmm. is you can have a recession in one country and not necessarily in other countries, or you can have a global recession. Yeah, exactly. And most of the other major economies are doing something similar to the Fed right now, which is raising interest rates and doing other things, which could end up creating recessions in a number of countries, which could end up affecting us, or they may not. We could we could end up avoiding recession with other countries going into one, or it could be the reverse. But we we drive so much of the global economy that if we stay out of recession, we help other countries stay out of the, this recession. Uh, there's always the concern that a major economy crashing could drag the whole world into global recession. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and people people worry about that about the United States doing that. They worry about I guess I guess the U.S. and China really are the two countries that people. You know the two largest economies on the globe, and if one of them goes down the tube, in fact they are they are interrelated. So if one goes down, it would tend to drag the other one down too. So you know to state the obvious, recessions are not good. <laughs> no, no, no one's no one's arguing that a recession is a good thing, even if a recession might need might be necessary or intentional, like to, again to fight inflation, to fight COVID, something like that. But in general, recessions just aren't good things, and that's because a growing economy is a good thing, and a shrinking economy is a bad thing. If you have a shrinking economy, you have less economic opportunity. You have layoffs, which particularly going to affect people who are on the economic margins. Uh, you would have living standards not going up. You would have pay raises that you might have otherwise gotten, but you're not going to get it because it's a recession. And let's talk about one of the key aspects. If you have fewer people working, you have fewer less money going into the federal government. But the federal government doesn't necessarily pare back its spending at that time. It, in fact, typically ramps up its spending. So we already have 
a huge federal debt right now. Yep. And we would see an even in, a, a, a greater increase in that federal debt as the federal government tried to ramp up its spending to help people who were losing their jobs. That's right. There's like, for, from the government standpoint, there's like an inverse relationship between government and recession, because as you point out, tax revenues are going to be less than they otherwise would have been, but the needs can be greater. Mm-hmm. There can be need for more unemployment spending and more training on, you know, employee retraining and, and, and things like that. So, yeah, recessions are bad for government, too. I do want to point out, though, that there, there is, there's a sense in which recessions have silver linings. Mm-hmm. And that is that when, when we're in recession, when we're under economic pressure, companies tend to streamline. They tend to get more efficient. They tend to get more productive. They tend to do more with less. Uh, sometimes they are forced to automate processes or just eliminate counterproductive processes in their businesses. Sometimes they will eliminate less profitable product line. Sometimes a company might spin off a less profitable company into an independent company and just let it go on its own. And all of that increase in efficiency, all of that increase in productivity is actually what helps us come out of a recession. And it gets us leaner and and able to function better. And you, you have make a good point because in some of the recessions, especially during the financial recession back from 2007, 2009, I remember hearing some of the major banks saying we're we're laying off five thousand people, and I thought to myself, "You're a bank. I mean, you're you're a credit card company. You had five thousand people. You can lay off. Right? Why do you have them on the payrolls to begin with? It, it's it seems like when times are good, there's like a natural bloat that comes mm-hmm. along with that, and when times are tough, you have to streamline. You have to take a sharp pencil to everything, figure out what you're best at and what you're not best at, and Stop doing what you're not best at. And we might point out that even at this particular time, there's been several companies who have laid uh, that have laid off employees and have lost business, but end up increasing profits because they said we've uh, we've sort of right sized. We're laying people off. We're cutting expenses and profits actually went up. And that's a good that's a good thing. That's right. From a creative destruction standpoint, um. Recession, a one silver lining to recessions is that a recession is is an economic signal. Mm-hmm. It, it, is a, it is a market signal that something's out of balance. And very often when you come out of a recession, there's actually like a redistribution of capital in the economy from less productive things to more productive things. And if an industry did, as you described, if they had to lay off 5,000 employees, when those 5,000 employees get new jobs with other companies, that's literally a redistribution of human capital mm-hmm. into more productive uses. So the odds are, not in every case, but in many cases, those employees are actually going to be better off and more productive in, in their new place, in their new home, than they were in the place where they got laid off from. So that's sort of a silver lining to recession as well. And my final sort of silver lining point about recessions is recessions tend to be brief and recoveries tend to be extended. Um, a typical recession, I, I believe, is somewhere in the 12 to 14 month range. You know, we talked about an 18 month recession. Um, we've talked about the I think the I think the Reagan recession was about 14 months Whereas economic recoveries tend to go on for 8, 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a sense in which you never regain what was lost, but we don't spend most of our time in recession. We spend most of our time in recovery and growth. And that's not true of all economies in the world. That's true of a free market economy where you have limited regulation, where you have 
maximum economic opportunity. So even when you do have a recession, we still spend tend to spend more of our time in growth than we do recession. And let me just point out, we may not have that economy right now under this administration. They may, they may, if we slip into recession, they may start ramping up regulations, ramping up tax increases. We've been hearing people, I've been hearing major uh, administration people say we need to increase the corporate income tax so that we can avoid a recession. <laughs> Somebody, so, so tell me you don't understand what a recession is without telling me you don't understand what a recession is. <laughs> I've heard Janet Yellen yeah, say I know. that. No, I know. It's, 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 it's striking. It's really striking. So my final question is, does the definition of recession really matter? And I would, I would say maybe not all that much, because what really matters is that growing economies are good and shrinking economies are bad, and a slow-growing or a stagnant economy isn't great either. Right. So really what we ought to be focusing on is strong economic growth and the policies that contribute to strong economic growth. And again, it sounds like we both share the opinion that most of the time when you have a recession, it is sending you a signal that the government is pursuing one or more wrong policies, and the, recep- the recession is simply a reaction to that. Right. And the challenge is to get the government to realize that and change the policies, and that can often be a difficult task. Absolutely. Let's close with, uh, with an amusing quote about recessions. Um, this is a quote by the late Walt Disney, and he said, I've heard there's going to be a recession, but I've decided not to participate. <laughs> And it's, it's, it's a healthy reminder, actually, that even in recession, there is always opportunity. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you lose your job in a recession and you decide to go out and start your own business or work for yourself or something. And, and you'll hear people look, look back and they'll say, in retrospect, that's the best thing that ever happened to me. In some cases, business look for other businesses that are struggling and they go out and buy those and combine the businesses and make a stronger company out of the two. That's right. So if there is a recession, don't forget that. There's always opportunity. There's always opportunity for a, a fresh look at what you're doing, the way your business is operating. And you can always choose like Walt Disney did. I've heard there's going to be a recession, but I've decided not to participate. Well, you can find a lot more about economic growth, recession, and the government policies that contribute to economic growth at our website at IPI.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast, how about giving us a favorable review on iTunes or on your favorite podcast platform? You can also help to sponsor these podcasts by becoming a member of IPI's Giving Society. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time.